Thank you for tuning into the Modern Day Overthinker podcast. My name is Colin and I'm your host. This week's episode is with Lori Hopper. She is a mental fitness coach. She runs a company called Reframe Mental Fitness Coaching. She's also a fellow Assumption High School graduate such as myself. This episode is jam-packed with a lot of information. And the key thing that we discussed, though, was our relationships with ourselves and framing that to be a lot more positive, to be much more positive. I know I struggle with that personally, so this episode was helpful for me, and I hope it's helpful for you, and a couple of key pieces of content, information, topics, what have you, were boundaries, how Lori became a certified professional coach, CPC for short, the fight or flight response, meditation, PTSD, projection, empathy, and a whole lot more. A lot packed into this episode, like I said. I think you'll really enjoy it. This was a fantastic episode to record, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Here's episode 49 with Lori Hopper. been very very important and i'm been a lot better at setting them like it's because i'm such a people pleaser recovering people pleaser yeah Yeah. constantly recovering people pleaser because i relapse all the time on that yeah that's i'm a lot of my family members are very heavy people pleasers i am recovering like i don't know i'd say five or six seven years i learned how to set boundaries just because of some bullshit that happened, excuse you know, just because yeah. you know that I was kind of forced to. Set you don't my have to own worry boundaries. about cussing, by the okay. way. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, so it's funny how it's like it's almost like once you find somebody that knows how to set boundaries, like ride their coattails to the top because that's the easiest way is having friends that have boundaries. Because yeah. like I'll see my mom not setting boundaries, and she'll come to me, and I could run right through them. But instead, I'll be like, hey, it's probably a good spot for a boundary. Like you shouldn't be letting me getting this close to the situation. So I'm just letting you know that. Sometimes I'll help Set the other boundary people. for her. Well, because I know that she struggles with it. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't do that with anybody else except, you know, someone that I'm with all the time, like my mom. But yeah. I think it is your responsibility when you learn how to set boundaries to look for boundaries in others. And if you notice, like, hey, like, I'm uncomfortable. I think I'm crossing a boundary that I wouldn't want someone else to do. Call that out and say, like, hey, is this okay? Like, yeah. you know, are you, because when you spot boundaries from like a 360 view, so much easier to make them yourself because you can say I was in this position and I saw I feel empathy because I felt like I was overstepping that boundary and that made me uncomfortable had my mom upset that boundary I wouldn't feel comfortable she wouldn't feel comfortable boundaries just protect relationships that's all they're there for yeah. I care enough about this relationship that I'm going to make some ground rules yeah so, you know. some people really don't like them though because, it, because they are better off without you setting them people don't like boundaries when it presses up against what they want you to do yeah. So that's why it's like if you see that as like a, a recurring theme, like in a relationship, and whether it's, you know, romantic or platonic or family or friends, if you see a current 
theme of like, I'm upset with you when you set a boundary, it's because they are better off with your, without your boundaries. Mm. So just, that's always a good thing to pay attention to. Yeah. Well, and they might not even know. Not, I mean, our subconscious mind, I mean, 95% of our decisions are made subconsciously. Yeah. And our subconscious mind does whatever our conscious mind tells it to do. That's why when we like say things to ourselves, like affirmations, like I'm going to be happy today, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to be nervous about this recording or those types of things. That's our conscious mind. And when we're feeding imagery and healthy words to our conscious mind, that flows into our subconscious mind that we have no control over outside of saying the right things to yourself at the right times. Yeah. I've been, I've struggled with the whole saying the right things to myself because I feel like I know it works. I know people do it. I'm like, I feel... Do you feel embarrassed? I feel phony. I feel sure. like cheesy sure. about it. And that, I mean, that's your judge, right? That's yeah. your judge telling you like, hey, Colin, like you don't get the right to talk this way. I know that you see everybody else do it and yeah. it works for them, but this won't work for you. It's just phony. This won't work for you. This is not authentic. This isn't you. So at some point you thought that yeah. and you saw somebody else do it. Yeah. So now it's just a conversation with yourself about kind of looking inward like i i used to say to myself like what could it hurt exactly what could it hurt? yeah i've thought you know? that before about many things it's like why not right yeah that's kind of how i got into comedy it was like why not right why not <laughs> somebody has to do it yeah somebody and it, it, and i had been asked multiple times to do it uh and it was just like because I, I, I was going to the comedy shows and consistently and uh People notice that and they're like, why aren't, why aren't you going up there? And I'm like, eh. And then one day I was just because like. Because your you judge know, was telling you, yeah, you can't do that, Colin. Yeah. That's not for you. You don't have enough material. You're not yep. funny enough. Um, da, 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 all this stuff. And I'm just like, one day I was just like, yeah, I just sort of said, F it. Why not? Like, I'm doing it. Like, I know the good thing is I knew enough comedians and people that did comedy or I'd talk to them and I've gotten into comedy and I've always enjoyed it that I knew I wasn't going to go up there and just get constant laughs. Right. I, I had realistic expectations, sure. which was good. Yeah, absolutely. Because I did not go up there and make everyone I'm laugh. Sure. Like I was very nervous and I got a couple laughs I didn't completely bomb. Like I was talking about earlier. Um, and that wasn't until like a year or so into my, in the comedy where I bombed. It still happens to people who have been doing it for a long oh, time. Yeah. Jokes don't fall. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it's just like it could be a variety of things. Some people like to blame the crowd. It's not always the crowd. It's usually not the crowd. <laughs> um, you'll have tougher crowds, but it's your job. Right. That's what you're supposed to be doing. And uh, Well, that's accountability right there. When we grab on to our part, our role in whatever yeah. situation we're in, that's the only way we can change it. You know, so the fact that you're saying it's not the crowd, it's me. Because I did think that at the beginning, like when I was like, and I'll still say it sometimes, like, man, this crowd sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> they're tough. Like, and sometimes some crowds are tougher sure. to crack than other ones. Like, like, you know, you're at a comedy show, right? <laughs> like, do you know that? Or <laughs> it's weird. But before we get too far into it, yeah. I'd. I'd usually do, like, as you know, I do the intro at the beginning. Yeah. I try to do, like, an intro where the person introduces themselves. And, uh, yeah, I wanted to start out by saying uh, thank you for taking the time. I know we went back and forth for a little while on this. Um, that seems to be the case with most of my guests these days. 
our schedules are all crazy and you also being a mom and working full time and you also have a couple different side hustles it seems like as well you're like me who just <laughs> keeps taking on more yeah it keeps taking on more but uh Lori Hopper it's still Hopper right you're yeah. engaged so yep. yeah no name change yet oh. I was like I thought you were married for for some reason, not I'm yet. probably not the first person to assume. Oh that. yeah, everybody thinks we're married. Cause you've been together. We've been together. Well, three years in January, but like you know, we have a kid and a house and yeah, you have everything life. that yeah. lines up with yeah. marriage. Yep. Yep. Um, you're doing everything in a different in, in a different order. I told my mom, you know, because <laughs> obviously raised Catholic. I told my mom when I met Tevin, I was like, "We're gonna get married, have kids, and move in together. I don't know which order, but yeah, it's all gonna. We will be doing those three, and she's like, "It's okay." That's okay. You don't yeah, have to do so. the right order. That's good that you didn't have. There's some hardcore Catholics still oh, out are. there. Yeah, no, they were very supportive of, you know, this is what we know you want. And timing is everything. It's not up to us. So, Well, we won't talk about your nine to five. Yeah. I don't talk about my nine to five because it's, it's boring. Uh, but tell me a little bit about the, the, the mental fitness coaching and what you've been doing with that and kind of how that started. Yeah. And we'll kind of go from there. Sure. So yeah, um, Lori Hopper, and um, I have been in sales myself since I was very young. Uh, my parents have a um, family business that we were kind of thrown into uh, at a very young age. So I kind of uh, ran into sales, and I was good at it, so I just kept sticking with it. And as I got older, I realized that what I really love about it is um, speaking with finding out what others don't know that they need and then find solving that problem, which comes across a lot in sales. You know, it's up to us to show you that you have a problem and then that we have a solution for it. Yeah. So when I really got into kind of studying buyer behavior, I realized that um, it all goes back to, um, you know, who we are inside as people and how we make decisions. And I, I learned that, our past experiences are kind of like sunglasses that we wear. Um, and when we look through certain things, whether it's buying something from me as your sales rep or saying something to your spouse or your friend, everything you say is through like these lenses and these experiences that shape you. And, um, you know, you can take the glasses off and you can, you might have another pair of glasses on and then you take those off and you might have another pair of glasses on. Yeah. You know, you're always looking through something um, of, you know, our past experiences make us who we are. So, I really started diving into that to be a better person. Um, I started uh, coaching in uh, 2020, and I never thought that I would really make a business out of it. It was just because I struggled mentally for a very long time. You wanted time. to help other people. You wanted to help other people. Yeah. And I struggled for a very long time. Um, when I was 12, I was in a helicopter crash and uh, diagnosed with PTSD and OCD after that. And then in 2017, I was at the uh, Las Vegas shooting. And with the helicopter crash, um, you know, it was the, gosh, I think it was the 90s, maybe early 2000s, but mental health wasn't really a discussion. You know, we didn't, Yeah, wasn't really, the only people that went to therapy were kids that had problems with their parents. I mean, in my world, that's the only people I saw yeah. go to therapy, you know? So we didn't really- Same for the most part. Yeah. So we didn't really do therapy. Um, or the really, really hyperactive, yeah. super like- Like- like the bad kids yeah. went to therapy, yeah. you know, it was, and I was always a good kid. So it yeah. might, we never had those conversations at home. And, um, and so I developed OCD pretty, uh, pretty intensely, um, you know, like flicking light switches, checking, you know, doing, what was that? Checking. Is that what it's called? Well, like checking light switches. Oh yeah. Checking lights. So like I'd flip them or tap my foot Certain on the floor. Certain numbers yep. and yep. things like that. Okay. And so, um, 
Like I remember very, you know, specific times like at high school that I'd be late going to the bathroom because I had oh, to like yeah. do some type of, yeah. you know, just to get back to my I've been late class. for so many things. <laughs> and you try to explain to somebody, I'm just you doing can't. these compulsions, but you can't. Yeah. People think you're nuts. Yeah. So then I kept it to myself. Yeah. You know? Um, very but, Catholic of you. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, so this, this shooting, right? Like I was, you know, it was something the whole world saw. The world yeah. expected me to have a response to it. So there was the public left space for me to have a response to it. So I did. Um, I got into therapy. So shooting was on a Sunday. I was in therapy by Wednesday. So I took four days. That's it. And I got myself into therapy right away. And I can talk about the shooting easier than I can talk about the helicopter crash. And I think it's because I, in- I had bad thoughts. I instantly, instantly went to therapy. I talked about it and I was in with that therapist for six months uh, specifically. And what it showed me is, okay, so when, the fireworks, and I'm using quotations, went off, which yeah. were actually gunshots. Yeah, yeah, which everyone thought were fireworks, right? Right, because and the only reason why I knew they weren't fireworks is because you've been around guns. Been around guns. I could smell the gunpowder. You could smell it. Oh. And also, it's very, very dry in Vegas. We don't have fireworks in October. That's not something that we have. Like, if you think about all the forest fires, they start in like the fall. Like, there's there's no fire. Okay. So, yeah. I knew there wouldn't be fireworks. I'm like, why would they all of a sudden add fireworks on on Sunday? I also wasn't drinking because I had to work on Monday. So I was like the sober friend on Sunday. Yeah. Um, but like I ripped my friend to the ground. Um, my fight or flight activated and it wasn't, it was the best like cookie cutter explanation of a, of a proper fight or flight response. I didn't feel right. My body told me to fight it and we ran and or flight it. <laughs> we ran, you know, and I think a lot of times in our life now we have like the fight, flight, or freeze, you know, and when, when our bodies are in constant state of crisis, like they are after the pandemic and during it and right now, that's why we're seeing such high rates of mental illness and suicide. Mm-hmm. It's because we're right now, we're in like this freeze part of fight or flight where our, our you know, cortisol is released and our bodies are supposed to run away from whatever position we're in because that's a physical response. A fight or flight is, yeah. you know, our bodies are getting ready for us to run away from the lion, you know, that's going to attack us 2000 years ago. Yeah. And so- What's what that showed me the proper way to have a fight or flight that showed me exactly what it looked like. And I never forgot that. I didn't know what to do with that information. I just knew that'll come across someday. And then, um, in 2021, I had a very, uh, high risk pregnancy. Um, I was at the ER like 10 times over four months, uh, with high blood pressure. I got diagnosed with severe preeclampsia, um, 29 weeks, which is very, very, very early. Usually it's the last part of your, uh, pregnancy. So um, I was sent an ambulance up to Iowa City, and they told me, you know, you'd be here until you deliver. And it was really scary because, you know, my baby was like three pounds. You know, she wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I still had like three months to go. I wasn't even in my, I just had gotten into my third trimester. And so, you know, I was like, she's tiny. I didn't know how we were going to figure this out. Like my body was basically fighting against the pregnancy. And the only cure for preeclampsia is to get rid of the placenta. Because basically the placenta is poisoning you. It's sending off hormones that are hurting Mm -hmm. your body. Got it. So you have to get rid of the placenta. You can't get rid of the placenta until you have the baby. And mm-hmm. so that was like my third really, really scary time in my life. Yeah. And I remembered this lesson that I learned from the shooting about fight or flight and what that feels like and what it looks like. Because I obviously thought like, I want to get out of here. I don't know, you know, but I couldn't leave the hospital. And I literally saw I could go left to PTSD and get my third round of PTSD diagnosis. Or I could go right and go down the avenue of post-traumatic growth. And I was already about a year and a half into my coaching. So I understood how powerful our brain is when we give it the keys to drive. 
um, you know, uh, before we started recording, we talked about how, you know, 95% of our decisions are made subconsciously Mm -hmm. and our conscious mind feeds into our subconscious mind and we can't change our subconscious mind. We can only change our conscious mind by, you know, providing positive affirmations, you know, learning that happiness is a choice. And so when I took that right to PTG, um, I did it because I had to for my family at the time. You know, I had to be like the positive one because I was the one that was going through all the stuff. Yeah. Um, physically, uh, my partner was amazing and he was, you know, uh, mentally yeah. as worked up as I was. So I took the right and I went to PTG and I looked for the gift in every single thing that I did. And I mean, I missed the entire summer of 2021, which I heard was really hot because we were in the hospital at 9 a.m. and we left at 9 p.m., you know, and so I never was really out in the summer. And I remember finding like little gifts, like I didn't have to be sweaty all summer. I didn't have to have another brutal Iowa humid summer. Like I got to watch my baby grow earthside for the entire third, third, third trimester, which normally would be in utero. You can see, you know, I saw her triple in size, her head 10 times bigger, yeah. her heart holes closed, you know, her eyes open. Like I, that's something that, that's you know, cool. only God gets to see. Right. And so it was cool that we could, I could see it all earthside. Yeah. And at the time it was extremely difficult. I wanted to get home. I mean, you know, we stayed in a hotel. I was pumping every two hours. If you know anything about that, literally every two hours I was pumping milk for my baby who couldn't even eat it. Yeah. And so that was when I chose post-traumatic growth. And then kind of had like a little cabin fever going on though. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, but I found the gift in all of the bullshit. And so when I was able to do with that, it gave me like, I knew what it felt like to, to not get help. When I was 12, I mean, personally, to not yeah. give myself the help I needed at age 12. I knew what it looked like when I reached out for the help that I needed. And so what could happen if I gave myself the help that I needed? And it was kind of these three different phases um, of how you can choose happiness as a habit and choose positive thoughts as a habit. Um, and yeah, of course, there's days that you can't do that. And it's and it's yeah. it's really, really difficult. But knowing that you can is often for me half of the battle is just like 51% of the work is done. If I can admit I have control over this, I can control this. This is how I can respond to X, Y, and Z. So that is how I got into coaching specifically, um, watching how much it helped me overcome. Um, I'm a big fan of therapy. I've been going to therapy since I was in my teens. Um, the difference between coaching and therapy is that therapy requires a diagnosis. Um, coaching is, uh, more for, um, Certain situations, one-off scenarios, um, let's say if the the pregnancy, what I was going through during when I was at the hospital wasn't something I needed to be diagnosed because it was only happening for two or three months. Yeah. When I got home, it was a different type of anxiety that I felt. And yeah. so what's nice about coaching is it's a little bit more targeted at a certain experience. Let's overcome this experience and th- these thoughts that are getting you to this experience. Um, you know, because like words, that's why like, Remember when we grew up and it was like sticks and stones may break your bones, yeah, yeah, yeah. or words will never hurt you. Words are so hurtful, and yeah. words create culture, and culture creates behaviors, and behaviors create action. You know that's why our generation is like opening up the world to like question, like why do we do things this way? Like just because everybody else did doesn't mean that we have to do it that way. Yeah, and we're questioning, and I know that often a lot we of get questioning. we get told, you know, oh millennials, you know, they don't want to work, and it's no, we just don't want to work for no reason. Like we want to have buy-in to what we're doing every day. Yeah. Purpose. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Coaching gave me purpose. That's a good word. So did you have someone that coached you that you kind of sought out as a mentor or this was just kind of like a, where did you get your credentials, coaching credentials, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So how did that come about? So coaching is an unregulated industry. 
Um, and which means that it's an, it seems like a newer industry yeah, and, for sure. Yep. And you know, I have a lot of therapists that went through coaching school with me because they were saying that the way that therapists are, um, like they only can be available in certain states where it was very difficult during COVID. So I have a, uh, she was a therapist for 20 years. She actually got her coaching certification so she could coach anybody in the country because under her therapist license, she can only coach in Virginia. Um, so then I think, I think it's more uh, flexible. I think that's why people are jumping into it, but it's that stigma that people are so worried about admitting that they need therapy. Like I remember I told a friend like, yeah, like before Tevin and I have uh, Marigold, our daughter, I wanted to go to like therapy for a couple of courses, yeah. you know, because we come from very different backgrounds. And I knew that, um, you know, for cultural reasons that might clash um, different religions. And we had different and we had all this conversation before we even tried to get pregnant. Um, um, but and I remember one friend was like, are you guys not doing OK? And I was like, no, you need to go to therapy when you have a hole in the boat, not when the boat's sinking. Yeah. Like if you go and you can patch that little hole the no water gets in. And so, yeah, we were having some communication issues with like, well, should we baptize her Catholic or should we baptize her, you know, Lutheran or like those types of conversations, you know, and how active families are. And we just are come from different families. And so I wanted, we wanted a non-biased party. And that's, what's tough about therapy is that, especially when you, um, I'll have, I have some like higher executives that I coach as clients and, um, there is a fine line between therapy and coaching and it's my responsibility to say, Hey, I think this is more of a therapy conversation. Let me refer you to X, Y, Z, but therapy is about, you know, why it's a good boundary. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I don't, I'm not a therapist. I don't yeah. want to miss something and you hurt yourself because yeah. I missed something, you know, and I'm, you know, very aware of that and it doesn't make me less than it's just my ability to coach is better. You know, your yeah, limits. exactly. I know my limits. And so, yeah, I got my, um, so, so when you have an unregulated industry, there's usually like a power header that sees that and makes something. So the International Coaching Federation, they've been around for 40 plus years. Um, they have a program. Uh, it's basically, um, so I, I went to school. It was about 160 hours of school. Um, it was intense. Uh, 100 hours of coaching people. Um, had to be at least eight different people. Um, and then a total of over 100 hours. Um, just to get like my, I have my um, ACC, which is like my associate in coaching. And then, yeah. and then you have your PCC, which is professional. And then you have your, basically your PhD, which is your master. Um, there's a couple of really good uh, master coaches that I'm sure they have podcasts. I'm sure you've heard of them, but it's just the only difference is that they've helped more people and vast, you know, like the pyramid gets bigger. Um, yeah. They have more experience, but so yeah, I got my, there's only like 15,000 people in the world with my certification. Um, so I, I uh, got that in June. Was of this it expensive? Year. I've heard some of them are expensive. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like I'm, I'm probably thirty grand in. Really? Yeah, thirty, forty, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because you know it's like I'm, uh, I have a an LLC. Um, I just started this year, which I don't know why I didn't start prior because I could have at least had some write offs. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. now it's like wow, it's like I mean it's, you know it's, my hourly charge is one hundred and fifty bucks an hour. Right. And so when people say like, like I, well, it depends. It depends on where I'm, I'm getting the referrals from. But if whenever I'm questioned about the dollar amount and then people understand what I had to do to get there, they don't really question it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, because I think people, even me, I didn't really know what kind of qualification, what kind of certifications, how much it costs until like, you know, talking to people about yeah. it. But my first like 
assumption was like, oh, they just did like a certificate, right? Took a couple hour course, and then they call themselves. Well, a yeah, because because on Facebook, you, it literally says like become a coach in an hour for seven bucks. I'm like, well, why didn't I sign up for that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know, and so that's why when, and I, I but think, you want to have quality service, of course, and, right? And yeah, you know, uh, in January um, of this year, I fell into a program called Positive Intelligence, and it really transitioned. My what I knew about coaching because coaching is I mean the majority of half of the training is about questions. How can you ask better questions to get better answers? Because very often people don't really want to be like I do not give advice and I do not consult. Those are consulting and coaching is two different things. Consulting is giving you advice. I this is I've been here. This is what you should do. This is what I would do if I were you. Yeah. Coaching is it doesn't matter what I've been through. It matters what you've been through. So let's talk about it. Let me hear you and tell me how you feel, and then I will basically repeat that back to you and decode it for you so you know exactly what to do and it's with your buy-in because it's your decisions it's so do you your give thoughts. suggestions even or just or i'll ask you you know what what would you say would work in this situation and then it forces Lead you to them. have these thoughts right and it's it's not even like leading because sometimes i don't even know where we're going okay you know it's it's almost just like i'm i'm just going to ask the next best question okay. to get us so like in the beginning of the coaching, and if you'd ever want to do one live, I'd be, be more than happy to. But like, you know, I start my coaching with, what do you want to talk about today? You know, and uh, so it's always, I don't know. Oh, I don't really know. I just, and there, people always have it, but they don't know if it's like, like if they don't How know if it's serious it enough. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it, it, it could be like every single Sunday I have to drive to my parents. It's an hour for dinner. I absolutely hate it. It ruins my weekend. That's all I think about on Sunday. Can you please help me reframe it into a way that doesn't affect my entire weekend? So that's where the reframe in your... Yep, that's where the reframe comes from because I can't change your situation and your circumstances, only you can, but I can help you reframe it so you can look at it differently. Got it. And I know you might think like... Perspective. Like, yeah, exactly. And somebody might think like, somebody's going to you know pay you to coach them on how to look at dinner better. But how (laughs) how often is that ruining someone's weekend? Is that you're like, oh, my Sunday is all taken up because like, especially you struggle with ADHD and you have like object permanence in the time. There's like no time is fictional. So if you tell me I have one thing to do on Sunday, my whole day is swamped. I'm stressed. I have to be around during that time. So having conversations around why you're feeling that way, it's always much deeper. And typically it leads back to a time from when we were 12 or under. That's where the majority of our um, stuff that carries with us goes. And it's not, I had a wonderful childhood. It has nothing to do with who raised us or our parents or anything. It's just situations that we come across. It can be. Absolutely. It can be. Absolutely. It can be. Um, Thank you for correcting me there. It definitely yeah. can be. Everybody has a different situation with like where their trauma comes from. Oh, for sure. Um, but, you know, very often we lose that like luster of our, like a child, like our childhood curiosity and yeah. play. And the, the hard part is curiosity turns into judgment very, very quickly. And if you're able to become more aware about your judgments that are leading to then your actions and your behaviors. If you are able to change that into curiosity, because our brains can only have one emotion at once. So like if when, so like this mental fitness that I study, it's, I look for these certain behaviors in myself. And when I see myself acting like an ass or having thoughts that are intrusive and they're not helpful, or I'm ruminating on something, you know, I'll, I'll literally say to myself, like not helpful, move on. Like, because until I admit to myself that the thoughts that you're having, they're not solving anything. They're actually making things worse. But um, saying stuff out loud is what gets stuff into our conscious mind because we're constantly thinking to ourselves all the time. We're not really saying that out loud. So that's why like affirmations, when you say them out loud, you know, I'm going to have a great day. I'm going to, today I'm going to choose happiness. 
one of my favorite ones is just for today, I'm not going to worry. And I'll say that every day, but I tell myself just today, you don't have to worry. Just don't worry about stuff today. Yeah. yeah. You know, start small. Yeah. You know, cause I mean, if you think about, uh, like I know we talked about boundaries too. If you don't have a boundary set right away, you have to build a boundary up stone by stone at a time until, you know, Humpty Dumpty's walls back intact. Yeah. Other, and, and that's, and that's how it happens is those little tiny things sticking up for yourself here or there and. You know, and then all of a sudden you've built, I don't want to say a bubble because it seems like you're alone. You've built like a safe space that you're able to kind of sit at and take chances and take risks from and step away when you feel safe. But um, when our mind doesn't feel safe, we can't problem solve. Our, like uh, we talked about the fight or flight. So when our fight or flight activates, our frontal cortex is completely gone. It completely shuts down because it's yeah. basically, it's because if you think about it, our operating, our brain is an operating system that's literally over 2000 years old. So like if you, I have an iPhone, yeah. <laughs> we get a new operating system five, five, six, seven times a year. Yeah. Could you imagine having this run on iPhone one? And now it's what on iOS 1000.3, yeah. but our brain, our bodies have changed with the time, but our brains are not as fast. So when we are activating, when we get a stressful text from a partner or a parent or work or a stressful yeah. email, you know, cortisol is released. Our body is getting ready to get ourselves out of the situation, except we don't leave because it's chronic stress. And that is why chronic stress is so much more dangerous than eating unhealthy or anything else, because it's a constant state of your body being in fight or flight. And when our body's in fight or flight, again, to self-preservation mode. So if you think about a self-preservation mode, it's you're not at your best. You're just trying to protect yourself. Yeah. You can't make decisions that you would normally. You're making decisions off based off of fear, which then creates remorse always. Yeah. And when it's, I like to use the, I'm a visual person. So when we make decisions based out of fear, we're basically pushing ourselves into the situation. Like I'm pushing myself into this because I want to get through this. When we are making decisions, um, grounded in love or theory, we're being pulled in into it. So it's a little bit of a different, you know, someone pushes you into something versus like, oh, this is pulling me into it and I feel good and this is where I should be. Um, but when our fight or flight's activated, that part shuts down. And so what I teach is what to do when your fight or flight activates because it's just a mental command muscle. And when you see yourself floating off, you bring yourself back. When you see yourself floating off, you bring yourself back. And I still float off and I've been, I do, I meditate 30 minutes a day at least. And I still, my mind still rolls off and I have to pull it back. But if I never, if I never had to pull it back, that would mean I wouldn't be exercising that muscle of, you know, saying like, Ooh, this thought is a choice and I don't have to think this way. And constantly doing that until your brain rewrites itself. Um, which, you know, like the whole theory of like the 21 days to start a new habit. Yeah. I've heard that many times. So that comes from, um, our neurons creating, you know, basically when we do something, something new for the first time we create a new neural pathway and then if you keep doing that you keep doing that it becomes like a gravel road to like asphalt and then to concrete and then it's like a five-lane highway and woohoo yeah. i know how to do this i can make this decision and everything we do gets like that so if you think about like did i shut my garage door did i just run that red light did i put my did i tie my shoe those are all things that we've done so many times they're on like a super speed highway well so are our decisions so my response to going to dinner on Sunday night, that's the decision that I made for it to be negative. You know, um, when uh, my friends ask me to go drink, if I get upset every time, 
that would be my choice to respond that way. Mm. And I've responded that way so much. It just comes easily. And I think that's, that's what everybody else is doing. It's because I've made it that way. So when you catch yourself and you say, Hey, that thought's not helpful. And you do that enough. You start to create new neural pathways, a new, you know, five lane highway yeah. towards decisions that are making you a better and feel better instead of decisions that you thought you didn't realize were decisions. Okay. Yeah. That is a good thing to note. I, you brought something up about meditation and that's something I've been trying to get into, but I, I don't know if it's dis- creating that habit or the discipline. Uh, what would you suggest as far as like a starting point or how you meditate? Cause I know there's people that do it with music and there's some people that do it without music and yeah. breathing and, uh, What's kind of worked for you and how did you get started into meditation? Because obviously you probably didn't start at 30 minutes a day. No. Oh, gosh. Three. Yeah. I was like, I can't three. do it for three minutes. Yeah. This is awful. I thought it was so awful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did three minutes, six, like a couple times a day and it was difficult. Two minutes, actually. Mm-hmm. A couple times a day. Six minutes a day. Um, did you use like an app or something? Yeah. Or? So so earlier I mentioned, so uh, Positive Intelligence is a book written by Shazad Shamin. He wrote it in 2012. Okay. And what he found out, it's now been translated into, I think, 20 different languages. And so it's not just like a, you know, a Western civilized. I mean, yeah. it's everybody has these and everybody responds in these ways. Yeah. And Human. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It basically talks about that we have a judge in our nine saboteurs. Um, one of the saboteurs, for example, is like a hyperachiever or a people pleaser. That's one of the saboteurs. So the other end of that, we have five sage powers that allow us to overcome our saboteurs. So a sage power, empathy is a huge one. If you mm-hmm. think about just being able to, um, curiosity is another one. If you feel like your judge is being really harsh today, get curious. You know, what is this person doing that's activating you to think so harshly of them? Because people are just our mirrors. When What, what we see in other people is what we are either afraid to find in ourselves or what we want to see in ourselves. But often our mind just views other people as like a mirror. And so that's why projection is such of a hot topic with relationships, because when you're with somebody often, you know, you start to project your feelings onto them when they do stuff that you and you would do, you would respond that way, you know? And so we're like, we're constantly, you know, trying to, especially someone like me who has, who has PTSD and I'm, I have a very high hyper vigilance of needing to know where my exits are um, you know, if a sound, like if I was in home goods the other day and somebody dropped something and first thing I went to is that's a gun. And then I had to tell myself, there's no gun in home goods. Everything's okay. It was probably just like a Scrabble set for a hundred bucks that fell in the ground. Yeah. Why the Scrabble sets are hundred dollars. I don't know, but I always <laughs> see them there and that's probably all it was. And so knowing that and stopping myself, but anyway, so with meditation, positive intelligence, he has what's called PQ reps. And it's basically just focusing on the physicality of who you are. Because if we think about, you know, people are like, I went to Gordon Ramsay's new restaurant. It was an out-of-body experience. It was so good. Hmm. Well, like, we live out-of-body all the time. Like, like the, tell me the last time that you were walking on the street and paid attention to all the muscles that were moving in your feet and your thighs and your legs. You, we just walk, right? Yeah, I just walk. You yeah. just walk. You just, and so when you hear people say, hey, if you're, you know, um, hijacked or if you're starting having, to have intrusive thoughts, you know, they say, like, find five things by you that's green, four things that's blue, three things that's yellow. That's just grounding yourself to get you out of the fight or flight and to say, you are physically okay. You are not in danger. Exactly. Back into reality. And so what, that's what his um, meditation is, but it's a PQ reps and um, because positive intelligence, positive quotient. So we have our IQ, our EQ, and he teaches PQ. So it's basically your ability to respond positive to situations. And it only, it, it increases 
I think it's like 17 out of the 18 different functionalities of EQ. It's even shown atrophy on the right side of your brain within like eight weeks after MRI imaging of this type of meditation. I mean, sometimes when I look back at stuff that I wrote in a journal, February, March, I'm like, I can't believe I thought that way. I mean, that's how quickly that if you pay attention within a year, you can literally change the entire way that your brain works. And it's cool because I sometimes I feel like I'd get two steps ahead and eight steps backwards. And I'm like, I'm never going to get past this point. It's just going to be me. I'm always going to struggle with depression and anxiety. And this is just something I'm going to have to deal with. I'm going to have to explain to my partner. He knows, but you know, I'm going to have to explain to my yeah. family. This is just me. Yeah. I have good days. I have bad days. And now it's that, but it's like, it's more, I have way more good days than bad days. And I, my life didn't used to be like that. I mean, I remember I had a friend ask me, when's the last time you had a whole day? Or like, what's the, how many weeks has you, have you gone without negative thoughts? And I'm like, an hour? I don't know. Every day is sad to me. I was at a point where that was, you know. And so um, PQ put it back into my hands. The more time I spent with PQ. So I started at two minutes, three times a day. And my favorite way to uh, meditate is to pay attention to sounds. So, and uh, positive intelligence has an app, but like it'll say, you know, um, uh, work really hard to find a sound, to find a sound that's far away. And you're focusing on stuff that you normally wouldn't focus on. You know, whether it's, I live um, kind of by Moline Airport. So I'll look, I'll try to hear the airplanes. I'm not that close, but I'll, the interstate, you know, and then it'll say, think about, what's the closest thing that you can hear right now? And usually it's my breathing or my voice um, or the recording or, you know, and so what's nice is, and I just think about myself and I constantly, and yes, I'm getting pulled out to other things and, but I'm pulling myself back in by saying, Hey, not thinking about that right now. And now, you know, I can get three or four minutes in before I have a thought. And the whole point of that is that we then know what it feels like to not have thoughts. Cause I'm not thinking about like, wow, like this microphone is so it's, so dark and it's fluffy and it's not it's i'm just looking at it and i'm admiring those qualities of it but i'm not thinking about those qualities i'm just letting my mind be cleansed of thoughts yeah um but meditation is definitely a practice that you have to go up on and meditate yeah. whatever I know you, you got to start small yep, i know that start small take two minutes put it into a routine that you're already doing um i always tell my clients like what's something you do every morning brush your teeth yeah do it while you brush your teeth think about the bristles where they're touching your teeth your gums I mean, when's the last, you know, when you wash your hands, do you feel the temperature of the water? You know, um, are you feeling like the soap rubbing in between your two fingers? You, how much tension there would be there? It's those little things. You're, you're just turning off your fight or flight. And we all have it on constantly, especially during this pandemic. And so it might be really difficult at first. And you might think you're not doing anything. It took me about five weeks before I started noticing. And it was because I stopped. And I was like, whoa, I'm kind of all over the place. So it does take time. Just like, you know, like our medication, it takes four to six weeks anytime you yep. add or remove. And um, it's, it's the same thing. And what I always tell people is if it worked right away, like the, it's not there to stay. You know, if you, don't, you have to work at something and you have to put like that, that grit in to understand that it's, it's what the worth is. So like anything that's worth it, there's always work involved. And when we get stuff easily, it quickly floats away. Yeah. And like, I, I listened to an episode, you know, that um, talked about like mind altering drugs and how you don't use, utilize any of them at all. And it's so true because when you alter your mind, you're fixing it. If your mind's not always in, it doesn't always have the same place to come back home. It, it doesn't have like a reset button. Mm-hmm. So when we're taking mind altering drugs, you know, they, they do, um, they can change the way our medication works, you know, yep. because of that. But, um, but yeah, so me- uh, meditation, start small. Focus on um, 
one that I like to do that I started with is if you take your first two fingers, your index fingers, and you rub them together, um, try to feel tension on both sides of the finger. So your left finger and your right finger, try hard to feel both sides of the tension. Um, I had a friend do that for 36 minutes as she was prepping for a, um, a surgery. She just she said fire started between her fingers because she was rubbing them so much. <laughs> but it allowed her to remember that she's here. She's, you know, she's, it's, do you remember when you would get hiccups and somebody would tell you to like focus on something or scare somebody? Yeah, scare, it was just, hold your breath. Yeah, yeah, it's just doing something different. different. It's, it's this similar concept. It's okay. just, um, you know, when you have a really good stare, and you're like, don't interrupt me. I'm having a good stare. Because uh, yeah. you're not thinking about anything. There's no thoughts. That's why it's so relaxing. Uh, so meditation. I'm driving a lot. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, I mean, when I drove here, when I was passing River Drive, I saw some trees before that I know I've been there my entire life that I was like, I've never noticed how pretty those are. It's just paying attention to that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, yeah, I think I've done that even subconsciously, like noticed, been trying to notice more things in with my, just my perspective in general, I've been trying to change and work on for years now. Mainly the last couple of years, I've been really hyper-focused on my mental health. Like what, what have you done that's worked? Uh, when you brought up empathy, that was a big one for me. Uh, meeting people where they're at and, uh, realizing that you know some people aren't as aware as you are uh the more aware and the more empathetic that i've been the more i've just been aware of everything around me and it can it's when you turn something on and you're like like i'll notice when i talk with like when i have a client that because my program is a six-week program that it's shazaj program but i'm one of his coaches and it's a six-week program to get the base understanding of how your brain works, the different saboteurs and sage that are in play, and basically understanding, like, the ground of it. And then utilizing that for our coaching for the rest of your life. And um, um, I forgot what I was going to say. That's okay. That happens. What were we talking about? We were talking about – I was talking about empathy. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, and so um, – uh, you said something after empathy, that meeting people where they are. Yeah, meeting people where they're at, realizing that they're not as aware as I am. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it gets hard when you start becoming aware. You're like, these things are everywhere. I'm stressed. These are, this is worse. Like, I'll have a, a cli- my clients come to me usually about week three, and they're like, my judge is everywhere. It's never been this bad. I don't know what's going overwhelming. on. This is hard. Yes, this is overwhelming. And I'll tell them, it's because you've never looked for it. Now you're looking for it. So you're finding it because we're looking for it. We're, we're causing it to come out into the spotlight and then saying, I don't need your help anymore. I don't want your judgment comment. I don't, my hyperachiever doesn't, isn't needed today. You know, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to people please today. And so, yeah. And then when you start realizing that, that what my partner and I struggle, or my fiance and I struggle with, we say, we said partner all the time because the judgments we got in the hospital, when I would say boyfriend, they would just be like, so we said partner. And then I started saying her dad, that was easier. And now we're engaged <laughs> and I still say partner, but yeah. Um, it is crazy, though, how you change the word boyfriend and girlfriend to partner and people treat you differently. Words, they matter. Yeah. You know, they represent different things. But, um, but yeah, it just, it's hard to be self-aware when nobody else is, yeah. you know? And you're like, sometimes you want to tell people, like, you're, you are doing this to yourself. You know what's got me into that mindset, though, right? What? Recovery. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because I work a 12-step program. Sure. So doing that has made me so so aware. And I, I've talked to many people in recovery. I was like, I wish people who aren't addicts, who aren't alcoholics, worked these steps because they can be beneficial for everyone. It's It's just an inventory. Absolutely, an inventory of our thoughts and... Everything. And yes, and our decisions and how our they being, how they affect people. Yep. And understanding that like you are not your own world. So like what you do has consequences for everybody that you know and everybody involved and understanding what a part of that is your responsibility and what is everybody else's is such like a, I remember I, I, I read this book right before we went on a big vacation with our family to Hawaii and it was like, you know, 15 of us, one, you know, like one area. Mm-hmm. I remember it said like, if you think you're enlightened, <laughs> go on a trip with your family <laughs> Oh, because it's, and like we get along very well, but being away and stressless, tra- you know, traveling is so stressful. And I just it remember is. having like so many different instances, like, wow, like just because you feel that way doesn't mean your sister does or your mom does or your dad does. And so it's a good drop yourself into something and see how that, whoever you show, whoever you're showing up as today, drag and drop that person into a situation that you've gone before that wasn't helpful and see if the new you would be, would, you know, navigate that situation differently um Mm -hmm. you know we talked about that uh things that happen you know from like age 12 and down is like what shapes us of the people that we are and the best um the best comparison i ever heard of was like a cast like you're five years old you fall off the monkey bars and you break your arm you get a cast and then six eight weeks i've never broken a bone but i think it's like eight weeks later you get the cast off it depends, but yeah, it's like, about right. About right that. Six weeks, eight weeks. And like your bone is healed, but you don't take the cast off. And then you're five and then you're 10 and then you're 15 and then you're 20. And that cast was helpful to you for that eight weeks when you were going through that, but, but it's not helpful to you anymore. So that's what like our saboteurs are is like they helped us as children be kids, but then we don't like shake those off and like start fresh and a new set of rules. Like, um, stuck to us. Yeah. Like I, I've had fr- people that say I don't eat after eight and I'm like, Oh, why? Like, that's a great idea, but why? I don't, we just, we just don't, we just never have. But it's like, but why? Yeah. Do you know why you're doing that? And so, and it I, is a pretty healthy thing, but yeah. It, yeah. Well, and it's, uh, it, it, I, I think it's because like your body stops digesting and it would just go right to fat. Cause you're not like utilizing the energy source or whatever. Yeah. But, um, when we do things that we don't know why we're doing them, we don't really have the passion to like, complete them and i think that's when like doubt comes in it's like why am i even doing this like people need people and people need purpose and when we come together with people and purpose it's so powerful for us because that is what our that's what we thrive on you know we thrive on like our brains are here just to keep us alive and so we have to remember that um when we're putting ourselves in in risk taking situations like you starting a podcast or um you know you starting um even hosting your own comedy shows. I mean, if you think about how uncomfortable you probably felt, oh yeah, it was probably similar to an uncomfortable feeling when something bad happened to you. But you are aware that I can have an uncomfortable feeling, but it can be pushed into something good. Yeah, you know, and um, that is because you've had experience in the past where you took a risk and it didn't pan out that way. Yeah. yeah. So you know, if we just if we push our brain to the limits of what we know that it can do, but we think it can't. More often than not, it's just a mental barrier that we have to really break down that we've built up. Yeah, one thing I've heard a lot is uh, that I really try to live by is get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yep. 
or get more comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yep. Yeah, I think is the exact quote. I have no idea where it came from. But I've it's so right. a million times, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's because, and if you think about it. Um, so that's where the growth happens. Yeah, because familiar, I never can say this word, familiarity. Familiarity, yeah. It's I, hard. Yeah. Um, it's, it's it, uh, it gives us like a sense of like safety. Like, oh, I know what I'm getting into. I don't have to worry about this. And that's why when we say get comfortable with getting uncomfortable, it's because when we try new things, it's uncomfortable. Because if you think about it, we've never done it before. Yeah. I've never lived on Sunday, December 18th and did a podcast with a kid I went to high school with. I've yeah. never done that before. Yeah. You know? And it's like, but I can take my past experiences and shape it to help me prepare for this. But I'm going to be a little uncomfortable until I get through it. You know? And it's just like, just knowing that that's okay to be uncomfortable and to talk about it. I, I feel like... um. That's the, when we talk about things that we t- t- typically keep in silence, that's when like the shame gets pushed away is when we're talking, you know, the only way that shame goes away is if we bring it out, the situation to the light, you know, yep. and I feel like with, with mental health, with mental health. That's why um, therapy is so important. It is so important. And if, if people were more open about the fact that they went to therapy, I think more people would go. And so, yeah. um, but you also don't have to share that you're in therapy, that's, no. you know, and, and that, that also can be a, a personal thing too. I just hope for anyone that's in therapy that they don't feel ashamed of it. Yeah, exactly. You know, that if, if anything, you know, I always say this joke that like people go to therapy to handle relationships with the people that won't go to therapy because if like, <laughs> yeah, um, you mentioned, you know, you asked if I had a coach and I brought up positive intelligence. Um, so yes, I have like three coaches. I have an accountability coach that I meet with every Monday for 20 minutes and she literally t- I tell her what I want to get done because I have so much going on in the past week. Yeah. She holds me accountable to it. She's like literally a stranger. I don't even know who she is. But for some reason, I'll be in my head and I'll be like, Danny's going to ask me on Monday if I did this, I better get it done. I guess that's what I pay for. You know, it's for that accountability piece. And then yeah. I have two other coaches for more of like um, when I get stuck on something and like mental help. And then I also have a therapist. But um, every good coach has a coach. Every good coach has a great coach. Yeah. You know, because we um, – it's difficult to not take on your clients issues, you know, because especially I'm a very, very heavy empath. So I feel people like even when somebody hurts me as a friend and they do bad things to me, I'm always like, sometimes I think to myself like, Oh gosh, they, they must be in a lot of pain. Hurt people hurt people. Yeah. yeah. You know, like there must be a lot of pain. They're projecting this on me. And I try to look at it that way because yeah. it's easier for me to stomach. But yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, I mean, there's times when, um, I'm doing my meditation, I'm doing my coaching and I'm still having a rough time. And that's just when I'm open with all the people that are uh, around me and I'll ask, I'm a big feedback person, which you have to uh, take with a grain of salt because people always want to give you feedback. Oh yeah. You know? And so being, yep. Being, Oh, especially you have kids. Oh, people want to tell you how to parent, but then like dogs too. I mean, like we got a dog (laughs) and everyone tells you how to parent. We had, we have a kid. Everyone tells you how to parent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just being open with yourself. The only inventory you need to take is really with yourself. Yeah. You know, is just saying, am I where I'm, where I'm at today? Am I happy about it? Can I, is there, if, there, if I'm not, how can I change it? And um, something I've been practicing um, all year is blameless discernment, which is really difficult for me. Um, I always have to have something to blame, even if it's myself. So blameless discernment is, you know, um, I didn't go outside for a walk, so I didn't get my walk in. It's not, I didn't go outside for my walk. I'm lazy. Oh, I should have done that. It's, I didn't do X, so Y didn't happen. And it's so much of a different mind concept of like, I didn't stay within my boundaries, so I failed at X. And then it 
allows me to detach the failure from me as a person and say, well, it came down to to the action that I made, not Lori. It came down to the action that Lori did, not who Lori is as a person. Because it's a lot easier to swallow that and to detach yourself from that negative feeling of, I, this is just who I am. Because yeah. you know, people will say, this is just who I am. Oh, that's just who they are. Uh, They're never going to change. They're just rude to everybody. You just have to get over it. I hate hearing that now. I know. And I'm just like, no, they can be different if they wanted to be. So I'm not going to change because they they are unwilling to. I'm just not going to work with them. Yeah. You know, and I'll just back away. Or my boundary will be, I'm not going to work with somebody that doesn't respect their own boundaries. Mm. You know, and so um, that's why like a big word for me this year is, yeah, the the blameless discernment um, and helping others set boundaries um, just because... This is the way I am. It's such a cop-out. Oh, such a cop-out. This is just the way I am. Well, we could all be like that. And we've made choices to not respond to situations that way. And it's also Ignorance. another... Yes. And it's, it's another thing if somebody says, this is just the way I am. Can you help me? Like, there'll be times I'll go to my partner and I'll, or my fiance and I'll be like, I have these feelings about X. And I, I know they're not true, but could you just like help me get over it? Because I know that you didn't do this, but like my mind's being weird. Just help me. And... He knew from the beginning that, you know, I struggled with, um, me- with mental illness. And so I was very lucky I could be open with, up, up with him in the beginning, which yeah. is probably why we, we moved so quickly. But yeah, you didn't, like, put up a I didn't, facade. you know. And I was, like, I don't know, 30-something. So I was like, I'm it. just too old for this. You <laughs> yeah. Know? But, but, yeah. No was, games. This is, what you, this is it. This, this is it. And no wonder it worked, right? Because, yeah. I mean, the past, I mean, gosh, I, you know, I, I serial dated. I thought I have to date a couple people. You know, I, I need to go on dates like three, four or five dates a month. That's what my friends would always tell me. You got to get three, four or five dates a month. And I'd be like, I don't even want to go. I hate <laughs> these people. You know, I don't yeah. want to go on these dates. And then I stopped doing that because I wasn't. And when I say four to five dates a month, it, it wasn't that high. But it felt yeah. like my friends were like, you got to go on one a week. Pushing that. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go on one a week. I'd rather go on a date with myself. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so it's, it's dating is a whole nother hurdle when it comes to did you start da- mental health. When, did you meet your uh, partner, your fiance, I should say. Yeah. That's bad. I know. I like that title better. Fiance. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a cool word. Um, yes. But uh, did you meet him here or in, when you're in Vegas? Here. Yep. Okay. I met him here um, on a dating app. Ah. Um, so God, don't bring up dating apps, please. <laughs> they're all, no, I, and what's funny is I have I, such a bad relationship with dating Oh, they're apps. awful. It, they have ruined ruined dating yes 100 percent ruined the fact that like i think about all of the things my parents have been together i think like 42 41 42 years this year and i think about how different their relationship would be if there was dating apps because our parents they just had to say like this is annoying about you but i love you so i'm gonna overcome it I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get past it. Instead, on dating app, it's just like, I'm over you. I'm just going to go to the yeah, next best thing. Yeah, I'm just going to move to the next one. Move to the next best thing. And it's almost like a business. And I think it's because... It's like a resume and like interviewing. It's stressful. Yeah. I, I remember when I lived in Vegas, I was I helped like a few guy friends like make a profile. Yeah. It's like, you have to make like this cryptic like... It's crazy. I put on mine praying hands because I was so sick of all the disgusting things I would get. <laughs> it literally said Catholic praying hands. I still got terrible stuff. I mean, people are just awful. Yeah. And then you move to like Bumble, which is like, okay, at least the girl's making the first one. Was this and Tinder? You said Tinder first? Yeah. Oh, Tinder's savage. I know. It's so savage. <laughs> yeah. And then you have like, a, um, there was this one called, um, I think it was called Hey Vina. Hey Vina. And it was for platonic relationships. So oh. when I moved to Vegas, you know, Bumble BFF. 
You remember I, that? I know what Bumble is. So you have Bumble, which is like to find a partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have Bumble There's BFF, a, which okay. is platonic relationships. Okay. So like I moved to Vegas. I had no idea. You don't know how to meet people. Like how do you meet people as an adult? You just like point them out and say like, you look fun. Let's go hang out. It's weird, right? <laughs> it is. Yeah. So they had an app. It was called Bumble BFF. And, yeah. um, but then the Hey Vina was just platonic. So you didn't have to have like a Bumble profile and a Bumble BFF profile. It was just one profile in Hey Vina. And I met all my girlfriends through there. Then what, they would meet another girl and we'd all hang out. And our squad just got like this huge. Yeah. But that is the power of what meeting online could bring. But it doesn't happen that way with dating. You know, no. it's, it's, um, uh, but yeah, so I actually deleted all my dating apps before the new year in 2019. Cause I was like, they make me feel like crap. Yeah. They, it's constant rejection. Even if it's like something that I thought I wanted and then I get it and I'm like, this is weird. I don't want this. Or, you know, just like you think you want As a attention. woman, it's totally different. Dude. Oh yeah. And I mean, it's, and, and, and I'm sure like, you know, I mean, I know that the numbers both, are totally different. Oh yeah. I know there's both sides of it. Yeah. And, um, but uh, I deleted them all, and then because I just said I'm done with this. This isn't helpful. I've, I've never had a good experience on yeah. ever. So I uh, deleted it, and then I was really sick the first Monday of the year, which is always a big day for salespeople because it's like we're at zero. Everything's wiped out. What have you done for me lately? Yeah. And I was sick, so I'll never forget it. It was January sixth. I was sick, and uh, I met him that night at a coffee shop. We both don't drink coffee. I had water. He had a smoothie. <laughs> so lame at caribou over on 53rd <laughs> and then the rest was history i just met him and i knew something was different about him but what's crazy is that yeah i did delete all the apps and then i download them that day because i was bored at home boredom is usually the reason why i would get on those apps right? oh yeah you know yeah, yeah. maybe i'll find a compliment today and feel good about myself <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah um but then yeah so when uh which app was it tinder oh i know i know i can't believe it that's why it's like i told him on our um wedding invitations we should put like, you know, swipe left or swipe right for like yes or no. Yeah. But a lot of people don't know that about us. And he's a little more reserved about it. I'm a lot more like open. Yeah. Because I have felt shame for so much of my life for yeah. like just my past. And there's not even really anything shameful about it That's except I've funny. made it that way. And, uh, yeah. You know, and I have a lot of people say like, I didn't know you struggled with this. Like you're like the fun, you know, and it's like, well, I do, but I'm really, ter- I'm like on or I'm off. And when I'm off, I just, I didn't know how to navigate that. I just thought it was, um, uh, you know, that I was like broken or something was wrong with me when it was really, I just depleted all of my energy in like big bursts. And then I would need time to like self, like self-preserve. But I thought that was like something that was bad for me. And now I've reframed it like, well, no, like you have days that you're really on and you have days that you're off and you're equal the same. And so now I've had those conversations with myself to know that, um, just cause I'm not the party friend anymore. Cause that was always tough. Like when I stopped drinking and be like, well, but you're the fun friend. It's like, well, I can have fun without doing that. You know, like I don't like who I am when I'm really drunk or the next morning I feel bad about my actions. I don't yeah. want to be like that. Yeah. And half the time I didn't even do anything, but it's just the depressant of alcohol on your brain. Feeling like crap. it makes you feel like you did this. And I'd ask my friends, like, did I do anything embarrassing last night? It's so nice not to have to do that anymore. Yeah. Oh, that is one of the. You, when I count my my gratefuls of, yeah, being sober, it, that's one of the big one of the big ones, and it's such an easy thing to point out, but it's so, oh man. Well, and the, gosh, how much you get of your weekends back? Yeah, 
oh my gosh, I can go to bed at like midnight and be up at eight. I mean, I, I don't do that now, but when, like, yeah. before, and I mean, now I'm in bed by 10 and I'm up by like seven, but yeah. six or seven, whenever Marigold wakes up. But yeah, yeah. I can't, like, even in, in Vegas last week, I think I had like one, I did have one drink and I had like three sips of it. It was just more of like a casual, like, yeah. It's probably my first, oh my gosh, I bet it was my third or fourth drink since I got pregnant. I don't really ever drink. And it's, yeah. I never really struggled with alcohol. I always was able to say, yeah, let's, yeah. Not, let's not drink it anymore. You just know it's not healthy. It, I just know it's not for me. Yeah. And so, but I was that person that said, why aren't you drinking? Why aren't you drinking? What's going on? You know, I was that person. I had no idea. How, I used to be that person. I had no idea. And I think it's because misery loves company, right? Oh, yeah. And so if I'm making a bad decision, I want you to make it too with me. And if yeah. you're not, I'm like, why aren't you? You care about yourself? What's why are you doing you? this? You know, I mean, yeah. Like, I used to hate positive people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, there is a difference between toxic positivity. Toxic positivity is like, everything's great. Nothing's going to go wrong. Everything's Yeah, wonderful. where you got the blinders on. Yep. Uh, I, didn't, I wouldn't say I hated them, but they annoyed me because I was not a positive per- I was not in a good place. Right. And so it's hard to, um, and I post positive stuff all the time. I'm like the guy I didn't like, right? <laughs> which is hilarious. Oh, it's so funny when I know, when uh, I, yeah. I remember people would post like, everybody have a great Monday morning, Monday motivation. I'd be like, I uh, roll, Mondays I suck. roll city, you know? And now yeah. I'm just like, Hey girl, uh, happy Monday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but sometimes it's because if I don't, I'm not going to have a happy Monday. Yeah. I have to trick myself sometimes into yeah. knowing, you know, if it's like, you know, uh, um, I ran a fi- I ran a five k this summer and I do not run I, I do not work out that's not really my thing, um, I have a working treadmill like I work and I have a treadmill I walk on oh nice like a standing yeah, desk yeah. with the I'll try to get like I thought about that it's it's I mean it's literally changed my life when, when I don't do it I can tell and I'll get like four to five miles in before like eleven p.m. I mean a.m. Awesome. just like checking emails and doing stuff yeah um, but I've noticed it really lowers my level of stress. And I think it's because, again, that fight or flight, when that's activated, we have like that cortisol buildup and that adrenaline. We don't ever get rid of it. But when we're walking and we're doing physical stuff, that's how we get rid of those kinds of things. And so that's what's nice is that when you're like walking and I'm getting like emails and I'm stressed, I do feel better because, you know, endorphins are a longer lasting positive hormone versus dopamine fuels us to... Dopamine is helpful when it when I when I was training for my 5K was I know I don't want to do this but I have to wake up tomorrow morning and run so that's just what you're going to do the dopamine fueled me to do that because I was looking for the future but endorphins are what kept me until the next morning when dopamine would shoot in and I would say okay I got to do this I have a goal to reach um, that's why like if if you've ever seen like people with ADHD struggle um, I believe it's from like it's like the levels of their adrenaline that our brain makes. It's like norepinephrine, or it's, but it's yeah, similar. It sounds, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And then um, dopamine, they just overshoot each other. They don't hit. So that's why you'll have people that with ADHD that um, can focus, hyper focus on something, or can't focus at all. It's or um, one or it's, the other. All yeah. In or all it, it, out. It, it's literally because the hormones aren't working right. That's why it's like, had I have known about these different illnesses, um, had a lot of us known about these illnesses as children, I can imagine how different. Um, that's why, like, I want to be the, the person advocating for people to get tested for everything because it, diagnosis, like, di- sometimes I think that people are scared of, scared of diagnoses, but diagnoses, but yeah. it's just an, uh, it's just a blueprint for answers. Yeah. Just learning more about yourself. I'm just like on a journey to learn more and more about me. Yeah. And that's, and you're changing judgment into curiosity. So before what you sound like is you used to judge yourself, your yeah. actions. And now it's like, still do, gonna, but, well, yeah. of course we all do. Better. Right. Yeah. But, um, 
and, and, and that's the whole point is that we're never going to be 100% no. kind to our, or, you know, we're, we're never going to be 100% on. And I think that right there is blameless discernment, understanding. I am still Lori and all my glory that I need to be every day, whether I can give, whether 100% of my gift of the day is 40%. If I'm given 40%, I'm still at 100%. I'm showing up how I said I could show up today. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most powerful thing is giving yourself permission to take a break when needed, giving yourself permission not to be perfect. Cause when we do it to ourselves, we can do it to others. Cause we, I always say we, if working hard on ourselves worked, it would have worked already. And so if we can't give anything to others, we don't have, if we don't show ourselves empathy, if we don't show ourselves curiosity over judgment, if we don't show or give ourselves the benefit of the doubt, we can't give that to anybody else. So that's why when people talk about got to love yourself before you love anybody else, there's a lot of truth to that because the, the reason why you'll the reason why some people struggle and they'll say I'm doing everything right like I'm lo- like I'm loving them how I would want to be loved how, but maybe the way you're love you're you're being loved is detrimental to you but you think it's okay so then you love others the way that you love yourself but very often we don't love ourselves the way we should so I think a lot of times when um, we see relationships fall apart it's very often because someone's like I was doing everything right and the other person's like I was doing everything right. But were you doing everything as a team together and were you communicating what was right and what was wrong? Because until we ask somebody how they want to be treated, like that golden rule of treat everybody how you want to be treated, I'm not a fan of that. Because how I want to be treated is very different than how Tevin, my fiance, wants to be treated. And if I treat him how I want to be treated in a certain situation, we fight. So I instead, I've asked. I think some of the basics are there. Yes. Oh, yes. Like just. As a whole. Yeah. Just. Like certain not situ- everybody has, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just certain situations like um, it's not a cookie cutter thing. Yeah, exactly. But but just I always say like lead with kindness and empathy and um, only because you know you, you can't fight fire with fire. You can't really only fight fire. I mean, you can only fight anything with love. <laughs> as as corny as that sounds, there, yeah. there really is no other. Um, there's there's really no other way. Um, to get past anything if, if there isn't some sense of respect and love in the situation. Oh yeah, for sure. Let's see if we, we're getting close to time here. Let's see if I miss anything. Um, I, we actually covered everything that you sent to me. Um, is there anything that you specifically uh i guess as far as like uh personally uh since you're not charging me for this i want to ask you one question (laughs) and i'm serious if you want to do a live where i'm coaching you live i mean you'd have to there it'd be up to you if you want to stream it obviously there might might be some breakthroughs but um it's really powerful listening to other people get coached because breakthrough and aha moments are contagious so when we can learn other people's aha moments and breakthroughs, we don't have to go through the pain ourselves, but we can learn through others and then we become closer. As I have tried to, I have wanted to do more live stuff because that's where a lot of things are going. People are sure. really into the live stuff. I can. But even if you and I wanted to record something. Yeah. And maybe your promise is just that you're not going to edit it for parts that made you uncomfortable or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I hardly ever edit anything I say. So usually it's something somebody else says where it's like, eh. Let's see if this is edited out. (laughs) (laughs) Test. (laughs) Test. But But yeah, uh, ask me anything. No, I've been uh, personally 
struggling with like what I want to do with my life. You know, that whole yeah. big question. Yeah. Because I have a lot of things that I'm doing outside of my nine to five job. My nine to five job has gotten to the point where I enjoy it. I know I'm good at it. I like the people I work with for the most part. Taking up too much space, too much time. Yeah, it's just like I want to do my own thing, but I also need money. Yep, stable income. Uh, and it's, it's like, yep, that's the reason I took this job because I was working for myself, but I was not in the right mental space to work for myself. Sure. But now I'm at a point where I can, and I want to use some of my uh, my talents and skills. Uh, to help other people, mainly with their business. Like I've talked to a couple people because uh, I notice things a lot with, uh, I went to school for marketing, too. but I notice a lot of things with social media and people, as much as we use social media, people don't know how to use it. No. Are you active on LinkedIn? Yeah, not as active as I should be. That's a whole nother, I've been really focusing on LinkedIn and the yeah. amount of organic free You. You could not get the organic um, content sharing ability on LinkedIn. The reach, thank you. You could not get the reach okay. on any other that with the, the algorithms are. I'll I'll connect you with this person that they posted every day for the last. Like, I need to start a LinkedIn page days. for the podcast. Yes, well, I don't know why I haven't. I've thought about because it. Because there's so many platforms. You know, it's, yeah. There's a lot of platforms. I would say with your. I mean, you just want clarity. You just want to know like. Here's all my gifts. This is what I'm good at. What can I do with it that can make me money? Exactly. What? Because I know. What are you good at? Well, one, talking to people. Okay. Uh, what else? Listening as well. Listening and talking to people. Um, what do you do with the information? When people talk to you and you listen to them, what, what's going on in your head? What are you trying to do with the information? I'm trying to think of what how I can learn more about them and how I can learn more about me and do well. what? Uh, grow, uh, become a better version of me, I guess. Um, but I think my brain's just so overloaded with, uh, with fear. Like there's part of me that wants to like, that says, Hey, quit your job. Start, really getting into content creation uh, and creating content, whether it's comedy, I could do it for comedy and also for as a mental health advocate. So I've actually made money off social media and I still make money off of social media. Not very much, but I have that door open. To Absolutely. Me because for like Instagram and Facebook, you have to be like invited to be like a content creator that actually makes money. And uh, Instagram was the only one I have right now where I'm in the, like the creator creator mode. Yeah. Creator mode or whatever, where I can make money off of so many views. Uh, mainly reels are the way to go. I've heard that too. On Yeah. They push the reels heavily. I wish I had, re I wish I, they paid me for my personal account. Cause my comedy ones have blown up. A couple of them have blown up and, uh, I made any money off. I'm like, man, if I wish I would have posted this on the other account, I would have made. Maybe you can. Repost them. It's your content. That's true, but it doesn't really fit. Sure. It would, it would just be so out of left field. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, why is this getting posted on here? 
Um, if I had a good mental health joke that like, I would like to be able to combine both of them into one. Well, you know, many people see humor as a defense mechanism. Yeah. And I've used it as a defense mechanism because I actually, and it was funny because I really liked, uh, and I'm watching it again, was uh, uh, the Netflix documentary with Jonah Hill Stutz. Oh yeah. I haven't seen it yet. It's incredible. It's really good. Um, I'm watching it again because I'm going to do like a response video. Yeah. Uh, where I break it down and, uh, they, Jonah like catches, cause he's like kind of doing a, a session with his therapist where he, he's not the therapist, but he's kind of interviewing his therapist Sure, is the whole yeah. premise of the, of the whole thing. And he catches him using humor to deflect it. He goes, no, 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 I'm going to stop yep. you there. I know what you're doing. Cause I do that shit too. Yep. Yep. And yep. I was like, I do it all the time. Yeah. But that, that could be a connection of humor and and your mental health pages is talking about like you see this person on this creator platform but this is like this is who i am and how i got to here this is because i found that i was funny and that i could use humor humor as a response to trauma mm-hmm. so you are choosing to use humor instead of hatred yeah because you could be doing you could just close up and say you hate everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. instead you know you're finding ways to make other people other people relate through humor. I would, you know, when, when I have clients come to me and, and, and their minds have like, I have eight different things I, w- I want to go with. I don't know what to do. My, everybody has that main job that they don't love, but it's holding them. It, it keeps them together financially, but it's tearing them apart in every other way. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like a lot of us have that. Yeah. And, um, I, I try to focus on like, if you had to tell me one thing that you are good at, what do you just, what are you amazing at? What's a talent you want to share with the world? That's really tough. Uh, I would just say I don't know. I'm likable, I guess. What What can you do with that? Somebody. What's characteristic of someone that's a likable person? They're typically kind, understanding. Uh, the thing, yeah, the thing with me is like a lot of people, I don't know if it's me because I'm a people pleaser, but like if you were to go like, I hear this, I've heard this from a few different people, like, cause I was, you know, I seek reassurance, validation, validation. And I was talking to a friend yesterday another comedian and she's like i've never heard anything anyone say anything bad about you ever think about that and i was like think about how now to, have you said something bad about yourself since you've started with comedy oh yeah so think about that nobody else has anything bad about you to say except you yeah You're the only person annie uh stop has actually told me the same thing think about that though yeah right so your your name drop shout out to annie i don't right. know if she's listening <laughs> right. Um, hey girl. Um, I mean, like, think about the characteristics of what you just said is the characteristics of an entrepreneur. Well liked, respected, listens, knows how to talk to people. You can do anything with that. Right now, you're doing the job that's paying you nine to five, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. For stability, yeah. That's, I mean, I get it. I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, and I think what it comes, what it comes down to is, how can you, I always like to think like, okay, 
I've always struggled with weight my entire life. I've literally been on a diet since I was like 12, I feel like. And until like this last couple like years. different diets? Yeah, just like fad diet this, fad diet that, don't eat fat, do keto, do Jenny Craig, everything. Yeah. I'll never forget. And when I was on the school bus, I will not say his name. But this is why you have to be kind to people, because I was in third grade, and this kid would always sing to me, 1-800-94-JENNY. I was in third grade, which is the Jenny Craig theme yeah. song, or whatever to call. And so what's crazy is I was in third grade, and I still remember that. So we do have to just shout out. Just let's yeah. be, Me too. If I've, and if I've ever hurt somebody, please reach out to me so I can fix it. Because I'm always like, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not the same person I was when I was younger, and so yeah. none of us are. So I get the benefit of the doubt. But words stick with us, you know. Um, yeah, there's people I didn't like in high school and grade school or middle school that I am perfectly cool with today. Yeah, and I, I, I think it's because, you know, our, I don't know, our brain's also not fully developed until we're in, like, our mid-20s. Yeah. You know, um, but... Uh, Which I did not know until... I didn't either. And, like... Probably my mid-20s. <laughs> right. Drugs and alcohol alter that. Yeah, they That's slow why it down. It's like, if I could do anything for my children, I know I can't protect them from everything, but if I could just tell them, wait to do mind-altering stuff until your mind is finished. Then do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then do whatever you want. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, if you, if you just think about what difference can Colin bring to the world, like when you show up as your true self, not the person you have to be from 9 to 5, when you show up as your true self, what makes you happy? Because whatever makes you happy is going to, if, if you're pulling, if you're setting situations up where you're pulling yourself into things and they make you feel good, like you wouldn't be doing extra work on a Sunday for your 9 to 5. You're doing this today because you love this and you enjoy this. Yeah. You know, so um, the diet thing I was saying is I used to tell myself, if I could just get skinny, I'd be, I'll stay skinny. I just got to get there. Like, just please make me skinny tomorrow. Yeah. And then I realized I won't stay there because I've been skinny, in quotation skinny, and then I hadn't had the right habits and then I gained the weight back. So instead, I created, okay, if Lori was her goal weight today, what would she do? And I did that like 18 months ago and I just started the behaviors of what Lori at her goal weight would do. I just did those behaviors and then I got to my goal weight and it was so like simple. I'm like, this is all I had to do was just pretend I'm already there. So that's the best thing is if you just pretend you're already doing what you want to do, you're already doing it. And then it just starts to the compound interest effect. Yeah. And you're doing it. So I guess the fake it to make it, fake it till you make it thing actually does work. It does work. That's, I mean, manifesting at its finest. Yeah. I had one guest who is writing a book who wrote a book about manifesting and how he thinks it's bullshit. Wow. I'd so love to read it. I'll, I'll have you share that. Um, I, and that's another I'll, thing. I'll share that with you. Yeah. You have to look at all sides of it. Cause yeah. I guarantee you, I will pick something. I'm a huge, huge component of manifesting and I will pick something up from this book that I enjoy and that I like, and it'll be a new. His thing is like, if people look at it the wrong way, I think. Absolutely. Like it, it's yeah. not just like, like the, he, 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 more so he looks at it like I haven't read the book yet obviously it's not out yet but I talked to him about it a little bit it's more so like the people that just like I want this to happen so right. it will happen and they don't do anything no it's the it's all you have to have action manifesting is just another word for planting a seed yeah. all you're doing is planting a seed in your brain so then your subconscious mind starts to work for you that's yeah. all it is but your conscious mind has to be the one running the ship but it's not like a a genie wish thing. Right. Yeah. I think that's where that's Absolutely. more of more so what he's And I think what, what's scary about that. And that makes sense that he thinks it's bullshit because it is because people say, well, I did, I did this though, Lori, it's not working. I'm doing this. It's like, but are you really doing it? Cause if well, I get that a lot, I'm, I'm trying, I, I, I'm, I'm doing it and I'm like, okay, but I can tell because when I'm coaching you part of the app, you give me permission to see your progress. And so like, I can tell if you're not doing it. So like, well, you're not doing it, which is okay, but just know that you won't get the results unless you do it. 
What can I do to help you do it? Yeah, you don't need to lie to me. I can see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap up. I appreciate you being on. And yeah, we'll have to set up a live. I've been trying to do. I don't know what live I want to do because. And I'm totally open to do that. I just don't know if I want to do Instagram or if I want to do Facebook or like there's one where you can do like both. That'd be awesome. Um, and then I also started a a Twitch channel. Um, one of my friends was like, it's not just for gamers. Like it's another. Is that where people like watch you do stuff? Yeah. Like on Twitch, like you can watch somebody play you can NBA just, yeah, 2K or whatever. Yeah. You can just go live and do a Q&A though. Oh, cool. Uh, so. I, I saw a, the bunch of, um, because in Twitches. Of, there's people who make money off of that. Well, people, I saw this one guy, he put like $10,000 into a gaming machine and he just recorded himself hitting 50 bucks each time until he can get bonuses and he get money. I'm like, I can get paid for this? That's yeah, his whole there's thing. There's people who do scratchers. This is crazy. Yeah. I love our generation. We literally find any way to make money. Uh, yeah. Like, you don't have money to gamble? Watch me gamble. Uh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> oh. Well, I appreciate you taking the time Thanks, on Colin, Sunday. Yeah. It was a good time.